This is the Creasecast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your Friday edition of the Creasecast. Yes, it is just me today, but that doesn't mean you should turn it off, turn this episode off yet, because uh, we have a different sort of plan for today's episode. Um, obviously, we're not going to... Well, there was a Canucks game last night, and there's a Canucks game tomorrow, and then there are <laughs> three more Canucks games after that. There's quite a few of them, but... Um, uh, let's be honest, how much do we really want to talk about the Canucks right now? Like, there's not really much else to say. I mean, yes, they've been, they've officially been eliminated from the playoffs. They played last night, they lost 4-1 to, to the Calgary Flames in one of, uh, in one of four very meaningless games, uh, for the Canucks to play. Tomorrow they play Edmonton, which has, I don't want to say any stakes per se. I mean, there's nothing to, ch there's nothing about the standings will change. Nothing about the point totals will change. Nothing. Um, unless you want to argue that say Edmonton, um, can, I can improve their chances at longer home ice advantage, depending on, you know, who makes it through to the conference finals. If they, if they got that far, um, and if they got to the reseed point. So there's something theoretically on the line for Edmonton, but the games against Calgary, other than draft, Draft space spot have nothing really, there's nothing really to talk about there, other than like a couple little bits and pieces about how well the teams did, how everything went. There's not really a whole much to spend time to spend on, to spend on it really, because it's not, there's nothing really of value coming out of these games. Um, we will hand out Infinity Blocker. I will go a little bit into the Calgary game, just a, just a bit, just a tiny bit. Um, but... For today's episode, because of the fact that the playoffs start tomorrow, again, this is the whole other aspect of it. The fact that the Canucks have four more games and are going to be playing them while the Stanley Cup playoffs are in full swing, just because the NHL doesn't doesn't seem to get never seems to get out of its own way. Um, and then for some reason, the other North Division teams don't even start right away. Like they have to wait until Calgary and Vancouver are done for some reason. That it that makes completely no sense because again, there's nothing left for them to play for. There is no rhyme or reason why they should have to wait for Vancouver and Calgary to finish up. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Um, but uh, basically, if you're not a subscriber to our Creasecast Patreon, uh, which you should be by the way, uh, for five bucks a month you get the bonus episodes of the Creasecast. You get our off the po our off the post series. Um, on Off the Post last night, on our newest one, we recorded uh, our bracket predictions, and we thought as a treat today, uh, we would make those public for you guys. We would let you guys, uh, we would add that section of the show uh, onto the main episode today, so that way, so it's not technically a full episode where it's just me. You will get, uh, if you skip ahead to the next part, there will be a whole section uh, to kind of round out the show with our playoff predictions and everything uh, for you to check out. So that's going to be later today, uh, later in this episode. Um, so yeah, we'll have that to look forward to going over all eight of the first round series, our predictions, filling out our brackets. Um, if you haven't seen already on social media, on our Twitter, uh, we posted a link uh, for you guys to go check out to join the Creasecast Bracket Challenge League. Um, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can check out the link below, uh, it's, uh, or you can go to bit, to bit.ly slash 2021 Creasecast Playoffs, uh, it'll be there as well. Um, password to get into the league is hashtag 
my contract sucks, no caps. Um, there are no cap, there are no capitals anywhere. It's just hashtag my contract sucks, no spaces, no capitals. Uh, go check that out. Uh, we'll include a link in the description of this episode as well for you to go uh, find those things um, and fill it out before uh, tonight. For, I guess when you're listening to this Saturday, Saturday morning, you're probably listening to this Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon before the Canucks and the Oilers. Um, Again, look, this is, and that's, that. the whole point of this is that this is really all we have really left to talk about. Um, what are we going to gather out of this Canucks team? A Canucks team that has nothing to play for. Um, aside from, again, uh, where will they sit in the lottery? Right now, the Canucks are currently sitting, based on uh, points percentage, they're sitting uh, with, uh, they're sitting in 28th. Um, and they could finish as low as 29th, um, if they, uh, lose every single game for the rest of the season. So, four more games. Um, they're close. They could, they, they're tied with New Jersey, who's already finished. Basically, they have to literally lose every single game for the rest of the playoffs to get it to, uh, the rest of the games in regulation. They cannot give up a single point. Um, otherwise, at the very least, they're probably going to finish top four, top five, but they could bring themselves up above Ottawa, they can bring themselves up above Calgary still, technically. Um, there's, there are, there is, divi- there are draft lottery positions at stake for the Canucks, and that's it. But, of course, the team's not going to see it that way. Uh, they're going to see it as, you know, losses, and they're going to see it just in the back of, are these wins and losses? They don't care about the future of the team, because of course they don't. Why would they? They care about, you know, their next contract, they care about, uh, the future of their own careers. They're not gonna, you know, Again, that's the thing that always gets lost in these conversations about tanking and whatnot, is people always seem to, no matter how many times you explain it to people, when when we talk about tanking, we're not talking about the Canucks purposely telling their players, all right, you have to lose tonight, and all the players going, yes, we care about getting Brent Clark or uh, Luke Hughes, I think is the other, is the Quinn Hughes brother is also an option for him. Um, they don't care about that stuff. They're, they're just going out to win. They're, they, it doesn't matter to them about draft rank and draft position because they have contracts and they have careers and families to worry about. Um, so they're going to be going out and trying their best. And, you know, considering the 4-1 loss to Calgary the other day where they looked just dead in the water, um, and I mean, Calgary did, did as well. Like, neither team really looked like they wanted it. Calgary was just kind of a little, was just better, was just the better team that night. And... I think it's I think it's unlikely to say that the Canucks will lose all four of their final games. I think they'll win at least one against Calgary. I don't think they're going to win tonight against Edmonton. Uh, it'd be a nice surprise if they did. Um, but I think they're I think at best they're going to win one game out of the next four, um, which is you know not good enough. It's not it's not good enough for what this team is considering is supposed to be and what they were supposed to be this season. Uh, they were supposed to take a step back, yes, but. Um, it's been worse than that for a lot of reasons, and I think we all know that. Um, there is hopefully light at the end of the tunnel here. Um, let's, and you know what, let's hand out an infinity block, infinity blocker. Uh, there's only really one person to hand it out to today, uh, as we get into this, this segment. Um, again, we've struggled at times to find the right people to, uh, hand this out to every single week. Um, but today there's an obvious one, and that's Matthew Highmore. First NHL goal, or sorry, not first NHL goal. First goal is a Vancouver Canuck. He got it done. Yes, he did. Um, he uh, got a nice tip and a nice deflection in front of the net on Jacob Markstrom. A low shot managed to 
get a, get a piece of his stick on it, put it put it up over the shoulder. Um, it was a good it was a good good hardworking goal. He's getting he's getting time on the ice with players that he probably shouldn't be. Like he's getting a lot of top six minutes, which is uh, very concerning. Um, again, just speaks to the lack of depth for the Canucks. But hey, he made it count yesterday, and I think that deserves a little bit of credit. Um, yeah, there's there's really not much, again, there is not much to say. Like, what are you going to really say here? Like, can we take stock in the individual performances? Not really. Uh, the team, you know, the players are doing their best considering that they came back from COVID. They're insanely gassed. They've been going through city after city on a just a tour of misery at the moment. Like, this is, like, they're, they, it's very much a case where it's like, you can tell that team just wants to go home. They're tired. They've dealt with a lot this season, a lot of hardship, a lot of just some of the worst possible conditions in terms of COVID and health and whatnot, uh, lots of injuries, star players lost to the point where Elias Pedersen only played 20 games and will not return again this season. They're out of call-ups until Sunday, until the AHL season ends. Um, there's not much you can do. There's really not much you can do, but... And especially considering the NHL just refuses to let let these games go. They should just say, all right, we're done here. Uh, everyone's going in to the draft lottery based on percentage uh, rather than points. And it honestly wouldn't change much. It really wouldn't change much. Um, so why not just let, why not just... Uh, have them why finish have them finish three more games of this if you want to have them play the Edmonton game sure go ahead I don't see why they need to go any much far any farther past it um um but there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to um where this team could go and I think we'll talk about this more on our Tuesday show uh when we get Cody back uh well Tuesday or Wednesday because honestly I believe the Canucks final game of the season is supposed to be Wednesday. Um, and I don't know if we're going to do an, I don't know if it makes much sense to do the Tuesday episode. Yeah, Wednesday. To do an episode on Tuesday uh, right before their season finale. It kind of makes a little more sense to do it um, on the Wednesday. So we might figure, we might change the schedule just a little bit uh, for next week just to give a proper eulogy to the Canucks season. Um, uh, so we don't have to do it again. Um, but nonetheless, there is light at the end of the tunnel here, at least from some early reports we heard today. Um, uh, Matt Sakaris from Sakaris and Price uh, on his uh, Welcome Matt segment uh, at the beginning of their show basically talked about the fact that right now there is a lot of discussion going on within the Aquilini family and their, and their business, uh, their heads of business. Uh, for all their different, like, divisions of who run all their, like, hospitality and uh, uh, their alcohol business, uh, their uh, investment, anyone in the, like, the major big wigs of, like, their investment group, as well as, like, the family, um, basically deciding whether or not they're going to just uh, potentially start from scratch here. They might start the Canucks from scratch. Um, basically in term, not just when we're not just talking about Jim Benning's job, we're not necessarily talking, just talking about Travis Green's job. Although again, I think that's shouldn't factor in. I think Travis Green's done a wonderful job with what he's been given this year. 
uh, and the past three years for that matter, um, three or four, oh god, it's been such a long time, um, he's done his job, he's done a great job, I don't think he should factor in, but nonetheless, um, there's a lot of talk that not only could Jim Benning potentially be on his way out the door, um, you could also see a scenario where uh, Jim Benning's gone, where Jim Benning's gone, where a lot of the front off, nearly the entire front office is gone. They might, uh, and to the point where, <coughs> excuse me, um, this is just how, how surprising it is. Um, there is a little bit of discussion that uh, allegedly rumored to be a bit of discussion that Francesco Aquilini has tied himself too closely to Jim Benning for their dad, their, their, like, the head of the entire company is Luigi Aquilini, uh, for his liking, uh, to the point where he might be gone. Like, in terms of they might take him off of day-to-day -day operations, uh, and replace him with his younger brother, Roberto Aquilini, um, who will then be in charge of essentially rebuilding the entire Canucks office, front office from entirely from square one, like a burn, a straight up burn it to the ground, start all over again situation from the business and hockey ops standpoint, specifically hockey ops. Um, it would be a change for sure. Um, I've said before many times that I really want to see something like Lawrence Gilman coming back into the fold as like a president with uh, Roberto Luongo coming in as a GM once he's gotten his... Um, has gotten some experience under his belt, and that's starting to happen. They have the World Hockey Championships are coming up. Uh, they just announced the roster for Hockey Canada, uh, of which Luongo is the general manager of said team. So that's some great experience for him. I mean, as Florida Panthers are going to uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're going to play against the Tampa Bay Lightning. He is not a GM there, per se, but he is part of a major part of their front office and getting the goaltending situation short up, which has been fantastic. Chris Drieger and uh, Spencer Knight have been absolutely stupendous for the Panthers of late, and I will talk about them more in, the, in our bracket discussion with Cody later in the show. Um, but regardless of who it is, as much as I love Gilman and Lou, and I would love to see them come in and do this together, I think in reality, it doesn't really matter who they bring in. Like, yes, there are obviously bad candidates, but... As far as the actual, how much do you care about change aspect and who the, at this point, it's it's really gotten to the point where this Canucks team is so just, every single aspect of the front office just seems toxic to the touch, right? Where it, where it doesn't really matter who they bring in. It feels like just about anyone they could bring in would be an improvement on what they have now. Um... I, they've they, one of the things Matt Sakaris talked about today is the fact that they don't usually the family isn't the Aquilinic family wouldn't have necessarily step in to change anything unless they feel the brand is at stake the brand the Canucks brand is at stake and frankly it has never been more at stake than it is right now like again it's toxic to the touch there is not a lot of people who want to do business who would want to do business who would want to be associated um with the Canucks brand right now because it's such a mess and because Jim Benning has made the team has made has built a te a horrible team has built a completely weak team uh in depth in just every and just every single aspect really like us outside of their top 6 
They're outside of the top six and a couple defensemen. There's not a lot, and uh, their goaltenders. There's not a lot there. Um, there's the situation where COVID, where they essentially have rolled over and let other teams do their bidding. Like it came out recently that Michael DiPietro was supposed to start six of the team's last eight games. The Blues complain. The Blues basically uh, complained to Jim Benning or like the Canucks organization that their goalie Joe Joel Hoffer should start should should does, should get more games and the Canucks just rolled over and let them even though the Utica Comets are their own franchise they own the team and DPHO they basically had to somehow fight for DPHO to start two games like just a huge colossal mess of a wow you're like you're just rolling over and letting teams other teams just do whatever they want to you basically there and you could put that same kind of that, that situation into the fact that the NHL was about to let the Canucks go out on this awful awful run to end the season after COVID, and the front office and ownership was going to let them do it. Was going to let them do it until JT Miller spoke up in in the media and said, "Yeah, we're not ready. Please give us a few more days." They would have been made to, if he hadn't said something. The team would have been like, yep, you go out and you do it. Have fun. None of us got COVID, but you all did. Have fun. Like, that's the problem. Like, the there's just so many things in there. Uh, I think Ian McIntyre said on Thursday that the Canuck to on Halford and Brough that there's never been less communication from the Canucks, not just to their players, uh, but to everybody. And, I mean, we can get into the whole situation where Tyler Toffoli basically dropped the hammer in a Players' Tribune article yesterday saying that the team didn't even offer him a contract after they literally paid a Tyler Madden and a first, and a, 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 was it a first or a second round pick, like a high pick, to get him as a playoff rental last year. They just let him walk. They let him walk for $4 million. And he scored 25, 26 goals this year, one of the best goal scorers in the National Hockey League this year, and they just let him go. This is the kind of stuff. They don't communicate with their players. They can't seem to multitask. There are so many things wrong with the with Jim Benning and his front office and the way that the Canucks have let owner, Canucks ownership, in specifically the way Canucks ownership has let him turn it into a chaos mess. That is a problem. It is a toxic, toxic like front office on so many levels. And it kind of needs just to be... They just kind of need to take a blowtorch and burn it to the ground. That's kind of where they're at now. And the fact that it's being even discussed is great. And hopefully it leads to real change. Because again, I've said it a lot of times this year. There are so many times this season where it has felt like listening to the Jim, to Jim Benning talk, like felt like I was listening to Trump press conferences with like Kaylee McEnany telling me, oh, this is why, that here's a complete BS lie that uh, we're going to present to you as as fact, even though you a uh, very quick Google, a very quick fact check could tell you we're full of crap. That's been a lot of what the Canucks have done this year. And uh, hopefully this is the start of real change. Hopefully they look at what's gone wrong in Vancouver this season. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they, you know, wanted to spend less money, really. It just has to... It came. It comes down to the decision making for why the money was let was why they left so much money uh, on the away from the ownership management and why 
it was like that in the first place. If you're a good team, you don't need to do that. It's the fact that the team was in such a bad spot that they needed to go in this direction. And what else can you say other than you? I hope that we are going to finally, at the end of the season, we will look back on this year and we'll see the start of a real change and a real and a real shift in the culture back to what made the Canucks so great in the 20 in the early in the late 2000s early 2010s what made them a Stanley Cup finalist what made them a back-to-back -back president's trophy winning franchise there are lots of candidates out there and a lot of people out there who could turn this thing around it's not a on from an on-ice standpoint it is a lot easier than just um it's a lot easier than i think people think for them to turn this around the problem is right now they don't have the people in charge who could do it. Jim Benning, as long as he's in charge of this team, and I've said it before, as long as Jim Benning's in charge of this team, the Vancouver Canucks will never win a Stanley Cup. It doesn't matter who you it doesn't matter how great Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser and Bohovat are. They're fantastic hockey players. Fantastic. But as long as they have the a GM in charge who does not give them the right tools and the right supporting cast to make things to improve around them, they will never win. They will never win a championship. They will never be good enough to beat the best teams in the league. They will never be one of the best teams, the best teams in the league on their own. You've seen it with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They couldn't do it alone. They finally got a couple good helping hands and suddenly they're a second in their division. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes the right person. Jim Benning is not the right person to keep going. It's time for a change, and hopefully we're going to see the start of that next in the next week or two. And on that happy note, well, on that less ideal note, I guess, um, we're going to jump right into the segment of the show where Cody and I last night talked on Thursday night, or Wednesday night, sorry, talked about our Stanley Cup playoff predictions and filled out our brackets. So with that in mind, here are our Stanley Cup 2021 predictions for the first and second round, as well as a few finals predictions. Enjoy. All right. This is the final part of the show. We get to the yes. final little, little set. Well, little segment. This is the longest one. Um, so... Playoffs start on Saturday, and this part of the show actually uh, is going to also be included in our main Friday show, uh, because frankly, no one wants to hear me talk about the Can the Canucks and the Flames, because that sucks. Because um, <laughs> that's going to suck. So, hello to all of our regular listeners. Uh, this is a Patreon segment that has been clipped out into the regular show. Um, Cody's here, and we are talking about... The playoffs, because the playoffs start on Saturday, and by the time we are next recording together, they'll already be in full swing. Yes, so, the playoffs will be over. The playoffs the will be over, will yes. The, yes, the 2021-22, man, you just don't get a break. You won't get a break. Um, so today, we're going to do our brackets for at least the first two rounds. I don't believe we can do the entire bracket today, but the NHL no. bracket challenge opened up. Um, for those of you who want to join us and play, uh, you can join us by checking out the CreaseCast Bracket Challenge. Uh, we have included a link here for you to check out. We'll also include the link on the promotion promoted on Twitter. Um, with the password for our private channel for all of you listeners, the password being hashtag MyContractSucks. Um, for all of you who want to get in and enjoy it for us. But for now, we're going to do our brackets right now. So, Cody... Uh, what division are we starting with? You think we're gonna? Do you want to go north or north? Let's go. Or? Um, 
let's do North last. Let's let's end on the Canadian division first. End or on the start, okay. End on the Canadian division. So we'll go. Uh, let's start like east. We'll do clockwise, starting with East division. East, so East, Pittsburgh, Central, West, North North Islanders, okay. Washington, Boston. Okay. Do you want to go? Do you want to go first for the um this series, or should I? Um, uh, I guess we'll we'll start. Well, we'll just start by showing off uh each of our uh of ours here. Sure. Um, well, at least yours. We'll start with okay. yours. So East Division. The first, the first one we have here is Pittsburgh, uh, New York. Uh, first, so first of all, overall thoughts. Uh, I mean, the Penguins came out of nowhere to, uh, win the to win the division, uh, to win the East Division. In the Islanders, of, in spite of Brian Burke, they did everything in, in their power to get to the playoffs before he blows up the team. Yeah, that and just the fact that they're an old, old team. Um, this is so, and then you have the Islanders, a team that has really over, like, over, uh, like, done overly well over the last two years. This year kind of fell a little bit more to earth, a little bit more in line with what we expect, but still quite good. Night cool on ice. Night on ice, like we said in the last episode. So we already kind of did a little, a little bit of a intro into the first few divisions, Mm. all the Eastern-esque we teams. did in our last episode, which you should check on your uh, favorite podcast platform. Podcast platform, yes, if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, but okay, your overall thoughts on how the on with on with Penguins Islanders? Uh, I can't even sh- like shed my disdain for the New York Islanders. I I have to pick Pittsburgh in my bracket. I I don't. That's I hope fair. they. I hope they sweep them. I don't want to watch Barry Trotz hockey. <laughs> They, they nobody nobody them, does but... nobody does um i don't six or seven to be honest but yeah i, I just can't you're, i can't picking... do two rounds i can't see like fun teams like carolina get to the like eastern finals or whatever and then mm-hmm. face down like boring trap hockey in one nothing two nothing games <laughs> mm-hmm. no yeah. no 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 that's not playoff hockey to me that's so, not that's no my way. pick pittsburgh in seven Pittsburgh in seven. Okay. I'm very much in the same realm as you as you are here. Um, I think they're, like, the Islanders are one of those teams that are just, again, they're so good at turning every game into a slog that, in a way, like, they could very easily just lull the Penguins and, like, completely, like, put them into just, like, sleep, basically put them to sleep and then just take over. They're very good about that. But I think this time around, considering how well they've done of late, Tristan Jari has done quite well. That's kind of the one question, is can Jari outplay um, the Simeon Varlamov-Elias Sorokin tandem? Right. Um, but I think Crosby and Malkin and Jeff Carter and uh, Jared McCann oops, yep. <laughs> uh, are going to outlast them here. I don't. Yeah. I, I think they can hang on. I think it's going to be, again, I think it's going to be a huge grind like you, like you did. Um, I think the final game is going to be, it's going to be the last game at that, Na- at the Nassau Coliseum before they move into their new, uh, Belmont Park arena. The Islanders are moving into a new arena next season. Uh, a, not a basketball arena this time. I'm going to say six. I'm going to say six for them. Um, that's Washington, but that's it. That's it. What was that? That's encouraging. That's what we that's like a- to hear. The sooner that series is over, the better. Yes. Agreed. The sooner, the better. I think that'll, yeah. Pittsburgh and six. Washington, Boston. This is the series of Sedano Chara. This is the yeah. Tom Wilson versus Brad Marchand. 
it's basically comes down to when it comes to who you're cheering for it's kind of like which one is the lesser of two evils here i think <laughs> alfred and bruff were talking about this like are, is is brad marchand suddenly a hero to you because tom wilson just sucks so much that's kind of the possibility here depending on who you talk to um i will say i'll start with, for this one i'll say you know i think washington is like yeah they finished second uh they have vivek uh, Vivek Vanacek is, I think, their goalie's name. They're running with a bit yes. of a younger goalie tandem right now. Super bizarre. Uh, super bizarre. Um, done okay. They've done all right, but mm. that team overall has been... Um, oh, yeah, and Ilya Samsonov is the other one as well. I think Boston ha- is... Thir- like, Boston might be the lower seed here, but I think they're the stronger of the two. I think they've got Pasta. They have Bergeron. They have... Uh, they have Marchand, obviously, and they just have, they have a very deep team. And this doesn't even account for the fact that you know Taylor Hall came in and has done incredibly well for them Chris as well. Lazar came over and apparently has been a decent contributor. Like they got good pieces, and like you said, I don't think they're that deep on yeah. like defense. They're like really young and kind of inexperienced. But like at the mm-hmm. for like at forward specifically, they are very very deep and very well rounded, which makes them uh, pretty dangerous. And Tugarask is unreal. He's playing out of his mind. I almost feel like he's playing like this is going to be his last year in Boston or something like that because he's He's talked about it before. He's talked about it before. Um, I don't know if he really wants to stick around in an organization that uh, clearly had like issues with uh, his exit in uh, the playoff bubble. So, I mean, it would make sense if he felt this was his time to go. Yeah. I think this series, though, is going to be a long one. I'll say this. I think it's going to be the Bruins. I think they're going to win in seven here. Uh, I think this is going to be a, I think this is going to, I think that's going to be a good series too. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be hard fought. It's going to be lots of offense. I think the, I think it's very clear that they're neither both really strong defensive teams. So I think it's going to be a real, but either way, it's going to be very fun. Um, what, uh, are you going the same route as I am here? Yeah, I picked uh, Boston in six. I feel like, I think it's going to be a really competitive season or season series, but I don't think it'll be, um, a full seven for some reason. I just think it's going to be a lot tighter. Fair uh, enough. But then moving Next. down to the central is Carolina Nashville. I think Carolina is going to sweep Nashville, frankly. You think they're going to sweep now? Yeah. Okay. Why? Like, well, I'm, I, I, I mean, as much as like, it would be great if Nashville had one last, you know, hurrah for Pecorine. I just think Carolina is like playing out of their minds. And they have, speaking of deep, their their forward group, like at the top end, is like one of the best in the league. Their defense is unbelievable. Like they are basically a more fleshed out version of Boston with a maybe a bit more creative of a top six. So I think Nashville's on the older side at this point in their window. Like all their guys are like experienced vets, but they're not exactly the fastest team. They've got good creativity with like people like Forsberg and Arvidsson on the team, but like they're just like they're in that awkward phase. Like this is their this is their Canucks 2014-15 cup run, basically, where it's just like they're happy to be there, but realistically, it doesn't do them any favors for the long term or the short short term either. So for that reason, I think Carolina is going to come in hungry. I don't think they liked the fact that they got bounced in the first round in the playoff bubble. So they're going to come in, guns a-blazing, and just probably just shit right all over Nashville. 
That's probable. That's definitely probable. I think you're close to where it's going to be. I think I think a sweep is a little bit harsher. I think I'm going to give Nashville a little, just a little bit more credit on this one, particularly not necessarily because of them so much as mm-hmm. it is uh, UC Soros, who's been incredible. I think if the one way Nashville could maybe walk out of here with a win, if like in terms of like the series, um, is if. UC Soros is able to play outplay Alex Nedeljkovic, who they've been running with too, with, right. with for the last this season. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the, I think like you said again, the Hurricanes are really, really well built. They're strong on in just about every possible angle. Goaltending being the one kind of question mark, and even then, mm. it's that's again not so much of a case of skill as it is a case of we're worried they might get hurt down the stretch um i'm gonna say obviously yes i agree i agree that it's carolina i think i'm gonna give the national predators though one game i'm gonna say (laughs) they get one done i think they're gonna go i think it's gonna be carolina and five here everybody gets one yes florida tampa bay the battle of the sunshine state this is gate i think drancer called it alligator alley or gator alley or something it's a terrible uh, name. For, for Florida, I think it's fun. The Battle for Disney World, uh, you can call it what you want. Call it what you want. It's the best series out of all eight, in my opinion. Or it's it should be. The it Bourbon should be Bowl. the best series out of all of them. The what? The Bourbon Bowl. That's a, the Bur- that's a Waterboy reference. Even though, Ooh, that's a, wait, that's, a good that's one. Louisiana. That wasn't in Florida. Never mind. Ignore, oh. my, ignore my reference. Ooh. Boo, yes, what? everyone ignore everyone ignore the references here. My bad. Um, My we bad. don't know what we're talking about half the time. The <laughs> Bortles, that's the only thing I know about Florida is Jacksonville. Is Jacksonville. Anything I've seen from the good place. Um, yeah. yeah. But this is going to, so this is the series in, that includes, you know, the defending Stanley Cup champions who will conveniently get back both Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov just in time for the playoffs. It's fascinating. It's an absolutely just, like, what perfect timing that they get both of them back right now. Um, But then you have, but but you also have the Panthers who have absolutely clowned on the Lightning over the last little bit. They have gotten some great goaltending from Chris Drieger Drieger and and, uh, Spencer Knight. Yeah. Um, they have gotten key contributions and a huge step up from Sasha Barkov, who has been always great, but he just went to a whole other level yeah, this year. This season especially. Um, Anthony Duclair has played very well. Um, I think they just added Nikita Gusev uh, Carter as well. Carter has been like Carter Verhage, value for them on a cheap former light, Former Lightning Carter Verhage. Yeah. He was a Lightning last year and scored a hat-trick against the Canucks. Um they have uh the the Panthers a very quietly built an incredibly good team and and like a well-rounded group like they don't have the most depth but they're very good but the what they have is very good yeah. um and it's like it look and it looks like they could absolutely tangle with the lightning and give them a hard time mm-hmm. um i and and this is both i'm picking this based out of out of my own love for this team and my but also i believe this is actually what's going to end up happening in this case as much as kucherov and stamkos give the lightning an extra push i think this is florida i think florida's been too good i think they're rolling right now i think they're at their most confident they've been a long time i think this is their opportunity to exercise a few demons uh in terms of not having won a playoff series since 1996 I think they're going to get it done. I think it's going to be a long, 
great series. I think this is going to be the best series of all, and I think it's going to go seven. I think they're going to win in seven on home ice in sunrise. Uh, Florida in seven. What about you? Uh, I'm the opposite. Tampa in seven. They get Kucherov and the stamp goes back. That's, that's they haven't played out. in a while, though. They haven't played it in a while. Matter. Yeah, so, I will say... played in, like, the entire season, and he came in in one shift and scored a goal. Kucherov mm-hmm. is going to come in, and he's going to, like, light the lamp. Like, the first shift he has, guaranteed. Oh, okay. That's fair. I will say that my one question in terms of the Panthers is... And this is a question that I didn't realize was one um, up until... Like, everyone started asking, which is, oh, will Sergei Bobrovsky start game one? Apparently, that's an option still. And I'm kind of like, I have don't think so. I would be, if they did, that would be a terrible thing to do. Yeah. Like, people are already like, well, Ride they'll the give Bobrovsky. Right. They're, people were already being like, well, you know, they'll probably give Bobrovsky a short leash, let him start one or two, and then why if things even, get go why trouble. Bother? Thank you. Yes. Why would you even bother? You have two goaltenders who are playing just as well already. Run, especially if you're Florida, a team that's arguably the most desperate out of everyone to win at least a playoff series, except for maybe Toronto. Like, no, ride the hot hand. You go in with the goaltenders that have been winning you games. Um, all right, we move over to the West, and we start with again. This is this is kind of I argue ruined today. the The ideal playoff series in this division was ruined a little bit today because Colorado. Yeah just smoked the LA Kings in their last the game of the season of no to the surprise of absolutely no one. Two games in a row. I think they outscored the, the, the Kings in their last two games, like 12 to one in the last two games. Um, Colorado wins the president's trophy and they went uh, out edging out Vegas, I think in regulation wins. Uh, and they get the St. Louis blues, a team that won the cup like two years ago and has not looked the same since. And it's kind of just been checked out the entire time. Uh, they also have Jordan Bennington, who's a huge hothead and not that good. Um, I think this. Uh, I will let you go first on this one. What say you here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> Colorado. Yeah. In how many games though? Because here's I the think, thing: the Blues are fast. good at grinding you down. They're another team that can grind you down a little bit. They're a little bit stronger than the Islanders, uh, like in terms of offensively. Um, I do I think, think I agree with you in the sense it'll that Colorado probably be like does. the Canucks, where it goes to six games. You said call? Did you say Colorado in five here? Oh, I meant six. Okay, you went okay. six. Okay, I was also. I'm also gonna go Colorado in six. I mean, yeah. Colorado's so good. Like from top to bottom. I mean, uh, we can get Samantha on Samantha from the broadcast on here to talk about the Avs and how great they are. Philip again. <laughs> The one worry for the Colorado Avalanche, literally, the one thing that can unravel them is what if Philip Grubauer gets hurt? Then they're in trouble. Yeah, that's. that's I think they got Devin Dub- Devin Dubnik as like the insurance, uh, which is that isn't much. I would say I would use the term insurance loosely there, because yeah. um, last year I think they tried with Michael Hutchison, and it didn't end up so well. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'll say this: Dubnik's an at least an improvement on Michael Hutchison. Um, all right, Colorado. And then Vegas, Minnesota. Again, I would have preferred to have seen Vegas play St. Louis because then you get the Petrangelo yeah. uh, sort of angle. And then Colorado and Minnesota, who have been playoff rivals for years. Like, that would have been a good series. Yeah. Minnesota, this seems like it's a walk. Like, is this is an easy Vegas clear. 
But, but I think the be Wild have Krill Kaprizov, who has been incredible yeah. this year and has completely like revived that team. Yeah. Um, I'll let I'll say we'll let you go first on this one. I'll say, but you know what, like. I think the goaltending is kind of the biggest. It, obviously, the goaltending is where the Knights kind of have them a little bit, but yeah. it's a lot closer than I think people think. For for this series, I think Vegas has it. Uh, as much as I like Kirill Kaprizov and their rookie goaltender and Capo uh, Kakonin or whatever, like they're getting unreal goaltending out of like a rookie. Uh, I can't bet against the depth of Vegas. Like they're just such an insanely deep team. They've got Flurry playing out of his mind, and they have Laner also there on this like the same team. They have Petrangelo, Jesus. who hasn't really produced that much for them, but like he's got the experience as like a recent Cup winner. I just think it'll like sheer experience alone is probably what's going to be the difference maker in this one. But you know Minnesota can hold their heads high that they you know went from being an out in the playoff bubble, looking like they just had nothing going for their organization, to you know all of a sudden being like a contender, which is, you and know, a good fun for team and a, and fun, a fun team, team which is too. shocking, which Minnesota is... is not known for fun, but Minnesota is literally the NHL equivalent of beige. Like they're, they're, they're so <laughs> yeah. boring. They play they the most boring style of hockey. They have beige in their logo. Exactly. Um, I, I will ask you the question. Is there any team in this, in these playoffs that's more Stanley cup or bust than Vegas? Cause I feel like, I yeah. feel like with literally any other team, if they get anywhere close, there are stopping points beforehand where it's like, well, you know what? If we got this far, it's a successful year anyway. Vegas is the one team where I look at them and I'm like, oh, if you don't win the cup, you've completely failed. You've they're, completely failed your mission. They're a team that like is very impulsive in their decision making from like an ownership and upper management standpoint too. Like they fired Gerard Gallant despite having like two seasons of like great success of like and they lost there because san jose got that five minute major and yep. scored three times to incredible send it to overtime it was the most incredible game you'll ever see in hockey history and they fired him off of this sheer luck basically and i mean if they don't do it this year after acquiring Alex Petrangelo on his giant deal, shipping out Nate Schmidt for basically nothing. Like if they to the don't point where it, they I could, feel like they would blow it up again to try and get Jack Eichel or something. Like that's how like that is we'll totally do whatever true. we need to revamp our team, even if it fucks up the locker room. But that's like our mentality. And if they lose I, again in the first round, they're gonna torch the place. Yeah, I totally buy it. I fully agree with you. I think that's exactly what would happen. I think they would absolutely go after Jack Eichel. Um, and I think a lot of that, I, I, I forget if we mentioned this on the last episode when we talked about the Knights, um, but Bill Foley specifically, I believe, is the oldest GM in the NHL. He is like, so there's actually, and that's part of the reason why they're so impulsive is that idea that he wants to see them win uh, before yeah, he passes, yeah. before he passes away. Like that's kind of his thought process. It, so he's literally doing everything within his power of like I will spend everything to the bone to the point where like literally the Knights couldn't call up anybody the other day and they had to play yeah. up with a 15 player bench which is incredible and I don't think has ever happened before because they're already in such cap like so squished to the mm -hmm. cap at this point 
Um, I agree, and I agree with you. It's Vegas to win, but I think it'll be a little closer than people think. I think they'll get to six as well. I think they'll get to six here. Yeah. Um, I think we're both fully in agreement on that one. And finally, we get to the North Division. Um, this is the okay. I would say as far as we as far as the um divisional matchups are concerned this is these are the two that i would say are the easiest to predict out of the other the other out of the four i agree i think it's pretty clear who's gonna win here um so instead of asking who's gonna win here i'll ask you this toronto obviously in terms of toronto versus montreal obviously beliefs it is cup it is it is round one win or bust for them um they have to just win one what does Montreal have to do to win, to actually win this series? What would you consider, like, the... How do they, they get this done? They need to is forget it... everything they've done over the last, like, month and a half and play like they did to start the season. <laughs> like, they they need to basically just, like, start fresh again. They need to... I don't know. They need to stop playing, like, complete duty, frankly. Yeah. Because, I mean... Tyler to- except for you Tyler Toffoli you've been incredible knowing Toronto they are going to turn this into a series on their own not through virtue of being good but just being Toronto so I think it's going to be a seven game series because even though Montreal has played like complete shit Toronto will find a way um on the other hand life finds Edmonton, a way Winnipeg Edmonton is going to just destroy Winnipeg. If they don't have Oilers oh, in their lineup, it's it's Swept. probably a sweep. If yep. barring Connor Hellebuck putting on like Con Smythe caliber shutouts every game type performances. Like I just yeah. don't think they have an answer for McDavid whatsoever. So those yeah, are my two I picks. Think, yeah, I think they're I think they're screwed. I think they're absolutely screwed. Um, I will say, yeah, and I said Toronto and Edmonton as well. Um, I don't think, I think, yeah, the Jets are only winning if Connor Hellebuck absolutely stands on his head and Mike Smith turns back into a pumpkin at midnight kind of thing. Uh, with the, with the Habs, I think it is possible that they could win this series, but again, that would be entirely based on them not playing the same way they have for the last two months. So I don't think that's necessarily possible. I think Toronto's gonna clear them out pretty quickly also toronto i think has been actually pretty good all season long against the canadians like they haven't lost a lot mm-hmm. against toronto uh if, now like or against montreal like i think they're one of, again one of the few teams i think they kind of ran the table on except for the canucks um i'll say i but i so i picked them in five um getting into the we'll keep these ones kind of simple because again these are based on the uh the earlier parts Pitts going back to the East for the like division winners. Pittsburgh, Boston, who would win? Uh, I'm thinking Pittsburgh just based on experience. I think Boston's got like a good team. It would take Tuka Rask basically standing on his head, I think, to basically deal with the depth that Pittsburgh has at their in their uh, forward groups. Okay, uh, Central. Who wins the Central? Carolina or Tampa? In your oh, in your man, hands? that's tough. I really hope. It'll be Carolina, but based on my same logic with Florida, I think Tampa's going to win just by virtue of having Stamkos and Kucherov back in their lineup. Okay. 
Uh, the West Division with Colorado Vegas. This is the which would be the best series of the of the the the, final, the semis if I, it goes your way. I think it's Vegas. I, I as much as Colorado's playing like literally the best team in the league, I just think they're they're like Grubauer having a couple bad games away from just like completely blowing up in the playoffs. And I think Vegas could be that team that just like breaks them basically. All right, Toronto Edmonton. This would be now compared to the last two series in the North. This one could actually be very good. This one could actually be a really yeah. good series. It might end up being like actually relatively interesting because it's like okay, you have Jack Campbell on one side and then um, the record setter Connor McDavid on the other side. Um, both teams played very well down the stretch. Uh, they, I think, they only lost like combined like three or four games like each. Like they just really just ran the gamut uh i think i have to say toronto's depth does it against edmonton because like i said it's mike smith or miko koskinen and you just you just know it's a house of cards it's it's so close to just falling apart and it doesn't take much to beat either guy as the Canucks fans know when they beat Koskinen on four goals in four shots. Uh, Mike Smith can't play every single game at his age. He will, he will literally die as an elderly senior. That is Um, true. That is something to factor in. Yeah. So uh, I still think probably Edmonton does it though. Edmonton. Okay. And then, okay. okay. And then we'll flip over to mine. McDavid is, playing at such an elite level right now that i think he can will the, his team to victory i just think he can he's I, that kind of year on that note we'll flip over to mine and i'll say i actually agree with you that i think edmonton could will win specifically yeah. because i do think it's toronto is clearly the better team yeah but edmonton has Connor mcdavid who has literally just been a unreal like video game crazy good yeah i think he i think he could he and leon dreisaitl could single-handedly win them a game provided that again mike smith doesn't turn back into a a mike smith we're more familiar with i think it is their series i think they will i think they could single-handedly yeah just stomp any just about any team in their path with the exception of probably the team that they're going to end up running into um so in in like the the final four like the cup they're not a cup team but they're no, they're not a championship team but they will get a lot farther than I think people anticipate. Yeah. Um, uh, East what division about Pittsburgh, we Boston? Pittsburgh Boston. Um, again, I think Boston has the the horses to get farther than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a little older. Uh, Crosby is can't Crosby is still incredible, but he can't. He is not at the Connor McDavid spot in his career anymore. He can't single-handedly will a team to victory in the same way that he used to be able to he's still very good that's not Mm -hmm. to take away from the fact that he is still a generational incredible talent i just don't think that he can will the group that the penguins have right now to victory uh against a team like boston that is much stronger and much has a lot better depth in my opinion also i think the goaltending battle factors in i think rask will clearly outduel tristan jari um so i'm gonna go boston on that one central uh carolina florida for you carolina florida so this one yeah so this is the one this is the one that's different for us 
Um, this is Carolina's to win uh, in my bracket because they have just steamrolled. This is it. Flor Carolina. Florida is the one team that Carolina has just completely crushed the entire season. Like Florida can. Florida's done incredibly well against Tampa. They have done almost the exact opposite against Carolina. Carolina mm -hmm. has their number. They're just built. The way the Hurricanes are built, the Panthers just cannot handle. And it's been that way the entire year. So I think Carolina's going to get to a conference final again. I think this is their year to kind of run the table a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm picking Carolina on that one. Hell yeah. Um, Colorado Vegas. Colorado Vegas. You went Vegas. I'm gonna say call. I'm gonna say Colorado. Okay. I think Colorado has been has been running has just been running super smoothly. I think they are arguably they're not as like they don't have as many names as say the the Knights do. The Knights mm -hmm. are a much more uh, filled with like name brand kind of players. But I think the Avalanche are the more complete team. I think okay. they are built a little bit more. Uh, I think they're built in a way that can last a lot longer than the Knights can. Where the Knights are kind of the Knights are almost built too much like an All Star team. I think to a point where sometimes that kind of, you kind of run into the question of is there enough puck to go around for everybody? Whereas sure. Colorado, they don't have as many names. They they have Nathan McKinnon, they have Landis Cog, they have Nazem Kadri, they have a lot of good players, but they seem to be built a little bit more, per, like they seem to have really done a great job with roster construction. Joe Sackick's done a really good job with that. Um, the goaltending is the one question. If Grubauer stays healthy, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be able to take down the Knights. Um, if Grubauer does get hurt, though, then they're in trouble. Um... And I think if we go to the end here, I think you get a chance to pick your cup finalists. Uh, we'll just say, I think, I think, but I think it's only based on, um, what is this? I don't fully understand. Um, seed, that's interesting. Seed four. Um, which one is seed four? I guess that's Edmonton, isn't it? Or what does yours look like as I'm looking at the final tally? Oh, so yours is set for you. Interesting. Yeah. You, you got to make your okay. other picks. That's why. I have to make my picks on which one is seed number four. I guess technically seed number four is Edmonton, right? I think it's Edmonton. Uh, oh, did it not load for you? Because then that's an error because it's supposed to... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see, I but had it, to pick... It, it but I had seeds to pick. it itself, but I don't really know how that number comes about, to be honest. It must have to do with like the league standings at the end of the year. Must That's the be. only thing I can. Oh, think because that. Edmonton, right? Because you know what, Edmonton's season isn't over yet. That makes sense, actually. Um, so we'll say, ooh. So under my version, uh, we would get, uh, I would get, I'd get uh, Ray, the Ray Bork, the Battle of Ray Bork with Colorado <laughs> and Boston, and then I'd get a renew, a, uh, the 06 Cup final in the other with Carolina Edmonton um yeah it's not bad you're, yeah it's not terrible it's not too bad that one's fun i'm gonna say colorado carolina take the number ones on both uh and then the winner out of the two as much as i love the hurricanes and i think they have they have they're pretty darn good Ooh, that's actually tough i'm gonna <laughs> say colorado i think you have to go colorado for mine um yeah. you, what about yours let's jump over to yours you have vegas versus edmonton and you have pittsburgh versus tampa 
I'm not gonna lie. After looking at my finals here, I actually hate my bracket because this is a terrible finals. I hate it. You don't like change, the idea of say Vegas my... versus Tampa or Vegas no, versus Pittsburgh? Boring. This is awful. I hate my bracket now. Looking well, this is so. One of the things I'll let the listeners in on <laughs> is that every year I fill out two brackets. I fill out one where I'm going based off of just my best, strongest, proper picks, and, and then I fill out a second one where it's just literally this is oh, what I own. want to happen. Like in my want to happen version, Toronto doesn't win in the first round. They're out, and they just because that would be amazing, and that would be set off so many of five alarm fires. Yeah, because um, in, in my bracket version, if like Vegas would probably run train on Edmonton. Like the depth would just like clown on them. McDavid would be doing his best to try and score seven points and he probably would. And they'd still lose like eight, seven. <laughs> oh, Vegas would cook them. Vegas yeah. would absolutely cook them. Uh, but yeah, I realized when I was picking my thing that I feel like Tampa doesn't have Victor Hedman in their lineup anymore. I think he's injured. He is, I think he, he might be hurt. Yeah, if he so that, plays again. I, re- I realized that after making my pick, and now I'm I'm doubting my entire Eastern bracket right now. Oopsie. If, if he's fine, I would say... If he comes back, I'd say Tampa wins over Pittsburgh, and then Vegas wins the Cup. But because I hate my bracket, I'm going to have to switch up that Tampa pick, because I don't think... you should. Yeah, move it to Carolina. Without, Flip it to, I think Car- to the Edmund, Hurricanes. Hell yeah. Edmund, I think Carolina probably makes, his, makes it work. But then they that get to the final. Things. I think Carolina then beats, or sorry, I think Pittsburgh then beats Carolina. Really? See, I think Carolina is a better team. I think Carolina beats Pittsburgh in that think, case. But I think I, Jared, this is your I bracket. Jared, so. McCann, Jared McCann does it, and I think just for shits and gigs, let's say Pittsburgh wins. <laughs> you want? Pit- It'd be really fun. <laughs> that would be. That would be quite funny if literally the team that I've routinely said it's gotten way too old ends yeah. up being the one that goes be, all the way and winning the damn cup just to it would show be me. Everything that like like old hockey men GMs love to see is old washed up hockey players winning the cup. <laughs> so it'd be perfect for them. Brian Burke God damn it. would see God his old it. team winning the cup and being like, Well, I guess I don't have to blow it up that badly. But or right. as look at look at the team I built, even though he didn't li- like do anything this year as the the president of hockey ops, but it would be yeah. just nonetheless very funny. So under these bracket choices, I after, under the Judd bracket, I guess it would be Pittsburgh winning their third cup in five years, six yeah. years, I guess maybe five. But I'm probably going to yeah. do like you. I'm going to make a second bracket because I don't like this one. I want a more fun turn turn of events. Oh, yeah. I, I think my fun version would have um, – it would probably have Ed or Montreal going all the way to, like, the, the final four. Uh, it would definitely have Florida – well, actually, I don't – the one thing is Florida-Carolina. I don't actually know who would win in that regard. I don't know who right. I'd pick to win on that one because I love, I straight up love both of those teams. Yeah. Um, so that would be the hardest one to choose from. Uh, and then I think in the other department, I would have like a Washington-Pittsburgh reunion. I think Washington would win that time. Um, and then I think I'd get like Colorado versus um, Minnesota because uh, screw the Knights. I don't like the Knights. <laughs> Yeah, fair I don't like those guys. I don't need to hear Ryan Reeves making chicken noises for four <laughs> rounds. For four rounds of this garbage, yeah, I hate it. That's they were just the worst last year. Just the worst. 
Um, and yeah, that was our bracket, and that was us making brackets. Uh, if you want to join us, you can. Here yeah. is the there is a Bitly link, so Bitly slash twenty twenty one Creasecast playoffs. Uh, we will include the link, the regular link, uh, in the on Twitter and our social media accounts, as, as well as here on the Patreon for those of you who are listening on the Patreon. The password is hashtag my contract sucks. No capitals, just my contract sucks. Hashtag my contract sucks. It's great. So yeah, you can join us and we can play. And then at the end, maybe there'll be, maybe we'll have to get a prize. We might have to get a, we like have, have a prize for whoever yeah. wins. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that prize will be. We'll figure that out. Uh, before, <laughs> before Saturday, we'll figure out something. Um, yeah. yeah, for you guys. Um, overall, how you're, so you're not feeling confident about your bracket though. Not like going into not the I'm, I think this is probably the least confident I've ever been heading into a cup playoffs just because there's so much so many asterisks heading into like the like the teams the brackets the matchups like who knows right and, i think this is the most and, like anything can happen kind of year yeah and you know what like that totally tracks in the sense of we have not paid attention to the other three divisions <laughs> yeah, that exactly. much this year so we don't actually really know a whole lot like i mean you and i figured out in the last podcast that we didn't even know alex nadelkovich was a thing for the kings yeah. Intel, or that UC Soros had a damn 930 save percentage. Like, that was all new information to us on Tuesday. So yeah. that just goes to show you, like, how little we've been paying attention. So, and in a way, I think that's actually going to make for a more interesting kind of finale in terms of, like, mm. the brackets and everything. Because I think it'll just make things a little bit weirder and a little bit more just anything could happen sort of sense this time around. And that was our Stanley Cup predictions. What did you think? Who had the better bracket? Uh, I will put up a poll in our on the Creasecast Twitter account, if you're not already following it, it's at the Creasecast, where you can vote uh, to see who did the best job. Um, I think it's me. Vote for me. It'll make Cody really mad. Um, he's not here. He can't hear you. So <laughs> this is a great edge. This is a great ending. Um but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed uh, our our little podcast predictions, our playoff predictions, uh, that was just a chunk of our Off the Post episode where we talked about a couple other things like uh, uh, NBA. We opened up a pack of NBA Top Shot cards. We talked about uh, our hopes of getting our COVID vaccines relatively soon. Uh, we looked back at some of our Creasecast predictions, uh, our like Canucks season predictions, and how uh, how how well they went. <laughs> uh in terms of the regular season as well as like some like division standings rankings that went very very poorly um you can go check all of that out on the crease cap on our on our patreon patreon.com slash creasecast uh for only five bucks a month if you join the bonus pod squad you get full episodes of off the post uh regular episodes of off the post for from us exclusive on patreon um you can also just make sure you're you following us on all of your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, like you, like Anchor, like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you leave us a review. Uh, we really appreciate the five star reviews. It really helps us out. It puts us higher in the algorithm. It helps us put us our show in front of more people. Um, you can also check out the video versions of these shows on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that. Hit the bell icon so you, to get notified whenever new episodes and like episode highlights drop on the YouTube channel as well as making sure you like the videos uh, make sure you click that like button on those videos as well um, and uh, as for me you can follow me on Twitter Instagram Facebook and TikTok at lock in the crease where I post quite 
regularly on all of those things, and you can find my writing at lockinthecrease.com. Uh, we have one final North Division Power Rankings before the season uh, comes to a conclusion, and um, you can check that out as well as we'll have some playoff content for you. Um, and I have an article coming out on uh, a little site called Canucks.com pretty pretty soon here for you to for you to look out for as well. Uh, you can check out Cody's work as they as the Utica Comets finish up their season on Sunday. He's got a couple more articles coming out on CometsHarvest.com. You can also follow him on at Cody Sievertson on Twitter and at Comets Harvest on Instagram. Um, and with that in mind, thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully next week when we do our season finale, our season wrap-up, uh, or, well, our Canucks season wrap-up, there's a lot more crease cast left for you guys, uh, this year. Um, make sure, uh, we, hopefully we will have some, uh, some better news for you guys, uh, to talk about in terms of the future of the Vancouver Canucks. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe. Make sure you uh, make sure you get your vaccine if you can. Wear a mask. Wash your hands regularly. Support local businesses. Happy happy weekend. Good night, everybody.